I'm not a scientist, but you know what I am? A Magic the Gathering player. Hi, yeah. welcome to the Day 3 Podcast. <laughs> I always try to get this started. Welcome back to the Day 3 Podcast by your friends at Team Collective Effort. It, joining me today, I have Will. Hey, hello. I have Brian. Hiya. And I am Dalton Grimes. So today we have a topic that is near and dear to my heart as a Magic player because it has had a pretty decent impact on my playing Magic here recently, and that is working around your own mental health and being in the right headspace to play Magic. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of prep that goes into an event beyond just getting the cards ready and having, you know, a location to stay, being in the right city, signing up. And for me, that has to deal with... <laughs> that I'm in Cincinnati. Like, hold on a minute. I'm in Cincinnati. Why can't I find this event center? Oh, it's in Columbus. <laughs> and so making sure that I'm in the right headspace to be successful at Magic is very important to you know, that game. And if I am not prepared to play my best magic, then I am not going to be able to play my best magic. So why don't we talk about that? Yeah, I personally think that if you're, you know, taking care of your mental health and being in the right headset or right mindset is probably the highest priority in terms of like being successful at a competitive event. The reason that I wanted to talk about this was because it's something that can be brought up in the magic world, and I know that I've faced this on multiple occasions myself, and that would be trying to play or trying to compete in any sort of a magic event when you're not quite in the right headspace. Oh, it's, it's, it's just the worst. Yeah, I mean, obviously... Magic's a game that I play to have fun. It's something I enjoy doing, and it's something that when I have the free time and I'm in that nice, happy place, it's great. Nothing can beat it. You know, it's... Oh, yeah, but, like, you know, say you're going to a GP or an SCG event, and, like, all week you're doing great, and then something bad happens Friday and just puts you in that bad space, and then it just continues through Saturday, and... (laughs) And then it ruins the weekend. Yeah, and, I mean... It's a lot different to go with your friends and play Commander on a Friday night when you're not feeling great than it is to try to go to your FNM and grind and make sure you you go 4-0 so that you're ready for the Open next week. Yeah. It's a much different state of mind that you have to be in to really make that happen. Yeah, especially (laughs) if you're going to, say, a, a new store, maybe you're out of town or whatever. You're going to a new store, and you're not even playing against people you play against on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'll, I'll go to Friday Night Magic, and now not all of these people are my friends, but I've seen them before, and we've played each other, and so it's it's comfortable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, you know, the place, any of the places we've played in town, I think, are just fantastic, because the people there are just genuinely mm-hmm. nice people. I mean, you get the, you know, stray outlier every once in a while. It's just like, dude, can you just, like, go home? Because you're kind of bringing the mood down, you know? But, like, almost every time I've played, it's like, no matter how the games go, we're just having a good time. Right. And it's, you know, that's, to me, that's what Magic should be about. Obviously, like, you know, the competitive aspect, which is what this podcast is about. (laughs) Um, You know, that competitive aspect, trying to get better, that's a big deal. But at the same time, you just need to have that awareness to just have fun with it. 
regardless of how the game is playing out. Yeah. And I think that's a very important distinction is that there are so many things that you can do and can control in your game of magic when you're trying to be competitive or you're trying to work towards a competitive state of mind. But then there's just some things that are completely out of your realm of control. And it's important to be able to recognize that and try to figure out something to do with it. Yes. Uh, I mean, the thing that tilts me the most is just variance, which is the stupidest. <laughs> that is the stupidest thing to say out loud because it's like, you know you have no control over that. You know you can't do anything about it. But yet it's the thing that tilts me the most. And that might be why, because it's not, it's, you know, it's something I can't control, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's probably, though, one of the appeals of the game is that any player with any deck can win any game. That is true. Well, mostly true, yes. There's always a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) Even in your 10-90 matchups, even if you have a matchup that bad, you can still win a game if they just mull down to zero and they top deck nothing but garbage. That that is true. Even a 10-90 still has 10%. Exactly. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) There you go. Yep. I think the only way is if you just sleeve up all basic lands. Sleeve up 60 basics. They could mill out first. Yeah. You're you're right. You're right. Your opponent sleeved up 60 non-basic lands, and five of them... Are fetches. Are fetches. Five of them are fetches, or five of them have the same name, and they weren't basics. So, obviously in this show, we do a lot to talk about the different competitive aspects of magic. So trying to make sure that you are focused on bringing the right deck to the event, whether that's, you know, the deck at the moment, whether that's your deck, making sure that you're prepared to run that back, making sure you know what the playing field looks like. If you have your sideboard set up for what the current meta is, making sure that you're aware of what types of things you might see from your opponent and patterns of play that may line up well or poorly against what it is you're doing making sure that you're prepared for what types of things your opponents may do to try to get some sort of advantage in the game, whether that's trying to, you know, lead on a play, whether that's trying to do something that could be kind of scummy, but recognizing that, hey, you have the right to call a judge, the right to make that situation right, or even trying to just play as perfect as you can. Obviously, none of us are perfect magic players, but you can always try to play perfect. I mean, speak for yourself. Hey. <laughs> I really, though, that, that, is, that should be the main, like, your main goal. Not, not perfection, obviously, because that's not um, mm-hmm. attainable. But you shouldn't go, I mean, every, so many people talk about this, but your goal shouldn't be like, oh, well, like, you know, I've done my, my dues here. You know, I've mm-hmm. played this deck X number, you know, X hundred number of games or whatever. And, you know, I've, I've watched all the content mm-hmm. I can, read everything I can to know the meta. So, like, I should win. You should never go into that mindset because you're always going to get mm-hmm. let down. Because, I mean, even if you win, you're just like, well, yeah, I thought I was going to win. So, <laughs> good on me, right? Like, there's no, it's a very, I don't know, like, the highest you can get is basically... <laughs> level Mm -hmm. uh, because you met your expectations whereas if you don't have you just need to be not results oriented and instead focus on just playing the best that you can limiting your amount of mistakes because if you just focus on results for one event okay what about the next one when the meta shifts you know that rolls around cool you played 500 games with x deck and it's no longer viable in the meta you you're just going to be like well i just wasted all that time and then you're going to get upset about it and instead, if you focus on, well, I'm just playing the best I can, those skills are going to translate from deck to deck. And I think what's important there is to be able to recognize when you're doing what you can 
And I like how you mentioned you're not results focused is, you know, if you go to your FNM and your whole goal is to go 4-0, like sure that can happen, but that's looking at the results here. Obviously you want to win as many as you can, but if I go 3-1 because in, you know, game two of the, of that last round, I kept an uh, opening hand with two lands in it that looked really good and then never drew my third. There's only so much you can do there. Like, sure, you can fight and you can do your best to make those two lands work as best you can, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. And if you're trying to still make those perfect plays, like, you know, you were able to play around your opponent's removal spell, maybe you cast your discard spell at the right time to pick something out of their hand instead of fetching for this... uh, single uh, basic land to make sure that you're playing around a blood moon, you grab something to be able to answer it. There are so many different lines of play you can make, but ultimately some things are beyond your control. And if you go that 3-1, you shouldn't look at that as a failure because, oh no, I didn't make 4-0. You should look at that as a success because you spent so much time trying to make sure you were playing well, that that's what you're getting out of it. Yeah, and the biggest difference between the results-oriented mindset and the just getting better mindset, to use your example, say that that game that game two where you kept a two-lander, if you're in the results-oriented mindset and you lose that game, you're just thinking, man, I lost, there must be something wrong with my deck, you know, like, this is just bullcrap, variants got me, because I never drew another land. Let's say that's the best game of Magic you've played in months. <laughs> Hands down, that's the best you've played, you had the best thinking ahead, like, you made the best lines possible. The results-oriented mindset, you're thinking you failed. Whereas when you're on the mindset of just trying to get better, you're like, man, I played, I just played so well, and I am obviously improving because I did that. And it's just tough beats. Sometimes mm-hmm. it happens. Well, then also consider the opposite. You can go 4-0 and make a whole bunch of mistakes along the way. Been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> For reference, go see Marcos and I playing Bridgevine. <laughs> right, yeah. But no, I mean, you're, you're more than right. Is Sometimes you just... Play mono red and win. <laughs> yep, ham sandwich red. Let's go. To be yeah. fair, I did jam that deck for several months on arena. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's like if if you know if you're the results oriented, you're just like sweet. I four would You know, I'm obviously yeah. I'm doing well. I'm the best person here. If I'm the only person to four would Yeah, so there's like, there's no more improvements to be made because I went four L <laughs> and you know it. But there probably could have been some improvements. Oh, almost always, yeah. And you know, on the other hand, you can be like on again the flip side of the. Focus on getting a better mindset. If if you know that you like, you're just like, man, I I made so many mistakes. How do I even go four zero? Like, what just happened? I, I just got super lucky tonight, and obviously I have a lot of work to do because I know how much I punted. So, at, at this point, you might be a little confused on what our topic is. So we are talking about obviously all these things that are under our realm of control. Those are things in game that we can really focus on, and we can try to make the best out of the game. That game of magic. But magic takes a lot more than just playing the game to succeed. You know, obviously beyond even just travel accommodations, getting to your event, making sure you have access to the right cards, you also have to be in the right state to compete. If you are not ready and capable of performing at that event, then your chances of success are going to go down rather significantly. Um, For those of you that aren't aware, or haven't picked up on it yet, because Marcos does a really good job of editing, um, I have Tourette's. Uh, It causes me to have a few different motor tics that don't have much of an impact, but I also have quite a few vocal tics that can get pretty noisy or pretty off-putting or distracting 
that I have to deal with. And it's not something that I've ever complained about. It's not something that I've ever, you know, felt woe is me about. But every now and then I feel like I'm a detriment to an event and it keeps me from going to something like an FNM or competing at a competitive event because I'm afraid that if I'm in that type of small space, then I'm going to disrupt others. Um, I actually once had an incident where a player accused me of being the reason he missed out on top eight uh, was because he couldn't focus because of the sounds I was making. And I, I, was, I happened to be judging that event, um, but it was just the first time that anyone really made me feel like a, oh, so you don't think I belong here? kind of feeling. And it was really off-putting um, to, to think about, but from that moment on, it sort of changed how I perceived myself in a playing magic sort of atmosphere. To interject on that, that should, this is a good time to bring this up, but just like, don't be a jerk. Like, <laughs> seriously, though, there's so many people out there that are so stuck in their own, their own universe, for lack mm -hmm. of a better way to put it. The thought of, like, somebody else not being able to control what they're doing mm -hmm. or like having a mental disorder or a physical disorder or something of that nature. Like there's so many people that they don't even think about it at all, mm -hmm. ever. They're just like, well, I'm healthy and fine. So everybody else is too. <laughs> That's not how the world works. Yeah. And some people, they just automatically assume a negative viewpoint. Mm -hmm. Like that player, he probably never even, the thought never even crossed his mind that it's like, oh, maybe he can't control it. He's just like, wow, this guy's being a jerk, just making all these noises behind me and he's trying to distract <laughs> me. It's like, no, that's not like... One, why would somebody do that? <laughs> yeah, you know? I, I was the head judge of the event, too. Exactly. It's like... <laughs> it's like, that. you know, if you were intentionally doing that to a player to distract them, I'd, that'd probably be grounds for you to, like, not be a judge anymore, oh, yeah. right? Exactly. It's like, why would somebody be doing that at... It was a side event, wasn't it? Uh, this was at Gen Con. It was for a top eight into the Beta Rochester draft. Oh, well, okay. That guy was just mm. salty. He lost him. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, like, in that scenario, I was sitting there with him and his opponent. Like, yeah. they both had it going on. Yeah. There were also probably 30 people around the table just watching it because it was the last and match probably before top eight. to each other. Yeah. Like, so, I was yeah. not the only source of noise there. Exactly. But it was the first time that anyone had ever put that in my mind of, hey, because of this thing... I don't like you being at a magic event. So, and that was really weird. Yeah, if you were not a judge, you should, you know, you probably would have responded to something like, well, because of your <laughs> attitude, I don't want you to be within a hundred yard radius of me ever. <laughs> you know? Yes. It's just, I guess the main point here is just like, just extend a little grace to people. You don't, <laughs> like seriously though, you don't know what other people are going through. And, yeah. You know, when you get upset about something and, you know, you get yourself in that negative mindset, yeah, we all say things we shouldn't say. We all mm -hmm. do things we shouldn't do. And you just have to work on getting better about it. It's <laughs> the the biggest thing with myself and, you know, not something I've talked about on here before, but mm -hmm. I haven't been officially diagnosed by a psychiatrist, but it seems fairly evident that I have ADHD and you know, I'm on medication for it currently. The biggest thing is a lot of times my filter kind of mm. doesn't exist. <laughs> so it's like the things that I think just come out my mouth instantly. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, one person, oh goodness, I can't remember her name. She has a YouTube channel. It's How to ADHD. <laughs> and 
I think she got she got the the phrasing from somebody else, but it's like best way to describe it is she's like having a race car engine brain with bicycle brakes. <laughs> it's like it's just constantly going, but it's so hard to slow it down. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many times where I say things or do things, and it doesn't even register me to me what I'm doing mm-hmm. until after the fact. I'm like, wow, I'm a jerk. <laughs> but just being cognizant of that is the you mm-hmm. know. I've, Understanding the problem is the first step to fixing it. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, something that I have to work on daily. Definitely. And so because of that, sometimes I feel like, okay, well, you know, my tics are acting up pretty heavily recently. You know, maybe I'm under a lot of stress. I'm looking for a new job or I have some big projects going on at home. And because of that, I feel like, well, you know, maybe I'm not in the right headspace to go out and compete tonight, you know? If I get paired up against a blue-white control player, I'm going to lose it, so might as well just avoid it that night. Man, I love how you picked that deck, because nine times out of ten, that's the deck that tilts me off. <laughs> right? And, and exactly. So and I... it's it's not... it's <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, but it's not even like, oh, it's like it's a super bad matchup or something like that. Like I played against Tron the last round, and it was like, yep, they did Tron things and killed me. But the problem, the difference was, is that round was done in ten minutes, the blue-white round almost went to time. Because it's always just like, oh, well, there's still a chance. I might, you know, it's like, oh, if yeah. they don't top deck this. And oh, they're going like, to top deck it. Oh, yeah, 100%. And if you're in that, you know, mm-hmm. if you start getting upset about it, you just start, it just starts snowballing. And then by the mm-hmm. end of the round, you're just, I mean, I played against it round one FNM on Friday. And by the end of it, it was like, they had uh, Narset Parter Veils and a Guy Reach Sanitarium. He was like, oh, I got you locked out. And I was like, I had a Ghost Quarter on the field, so I could have blown up his Guy Reach Sanitarium. Uh-huh. But I was just like, I'm just done. <laughs> Like, I know at this point that, like, I'm just done. I don't care. It's just gotta, an FNM. You gotta blow up the guy who reached to prove that he didn't have you locked. No, I just... And then get him. <laughs> then but, concede. But, yeah, it was, it was one of those things. It was, like, I had no cards in hand, and he had, like, one card in hand. I had a good chance of getting back into it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. I knew it was just gonna make me more upset, so yeah. I, just, I, just, I just scooped. and. Oh, I conceded a blue-eyed control game once with about 30 minutes left on the clock. Because I was like, I'm done. I don't need this in my life. It was just like, turn three, I have one creature on the board, one card in hand, we're done here. <laughs> yeah. I, I swung out with my Bushwhacker, they Terminus, and then I had one card in hand, and I thought, you know, I oh, got yeah. better things to do. <laughs> well, especially in your deck, because at least, like, Eldrazi Tron's like, I've, like, Seagate Record, you can draw me cards, or, like, yep. if an Endbringer is all, it can draw me cards, so. Nope. I, mm-mm. Once I'm out of gas, I'm done. Yep. Say, Eldrazi probably <laughs> Top decks a little bit better than two. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Reality Smasher is good. Reality Smasher can deal with a opponent only has Path to Exile in hand. Only Path, yes. Nine times out of ten, they have Path and a land. Yep. Whereas something like a, a Gore Clan Rampage, or just it dies. takes two turns and it just dies. Yikes. Yep. <laughs> so, anyways, par- part of me getting ready for an event is knowing that there are certain things like that that I might face. And, you know, I either have to accept the fact that either I might get some criticism or some weird looks, or I might have to explain why I'm making weird sounds to an opponent, or I just choose not to go. And for the most part, I have been lucky enough to always, you know, have a decent experience with people. You know, usually I explain, oh, well, I have Tourette's, it's just, you know, something I do. And they go, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Actually, this week, uh, when I was in uh, Detroit for the Magic Fest there, I had a player come up to me who asked about the Tourette's. And when I told him, he had this big smile on his face, immediately threw a hand up for a high five, because he also had Tourette's. 
And at the end of that exchange, he pulls out a die from his pocket and hands it to me. And instead of the pips on the die, it had little teal ribbons because teal is the color for Tourette's awareness. And he had these custom made for either himself or his friends or to hang out or to hand out to people because he knew what it was like to play magic with Tourette's. And that was so cool having that experience that, you know, that really helps me to feel like, hey, great, I do belong in this game. Awesome. Yeah, that, that is, that's super awesome. That's just like <laughs> restored faith in humanity right there, you know? Yeah. And I will say, um, in terms of all the different games I've played, all the different interactions I've had, the vast majority of Magic players are actually very understanding and very compassionate, which is really awesome. Um, you're going to have outliers no matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, crap, even in church you have people that are just like, like do you even read the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, like, you know, not to be too harsh on people and all mm -hmm. that, but there are just some people that they just, I feel like they're just always in such a pessimistic mindset that... Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it doesn't help that, like, our culture is kind of feeding everybody this, like, <laughs> this is everything that's bad. All this is wrong. It's, you know, it's just people just need to look at the silver linings, enjoy the sunshine, smell the roses, all that happy-go-lucky crap, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Brian, anything that you have experienced from Magic, being in the right mindset to play, or? And mo most of the time, you know, I'm fairly laid back. I'd like to think I'm fairly laid back and I don't tend to let you know, other people's bad moods get to me. Mm -hmm. yep. but... Brian, Brian is very even keeled and uh, <laughs> does not absorb em em empathetic. Is that the correct word? Yeah, doesn't absorb the empathetic energy of others. <laughs> I try not to at least. <laughs> I'm like a sponge, man. <laughs> well, now, Will, you also have a daughter. Yes. Um, you are the only one on this show with children. Yes. So I imagine that that takes a lot out of you as someone who hopes to have a competitive life in Magic the Gathering. Oh, What yeah. kind of experience do you have with that? Oh, well, well, you know, for starters, it's like, I'm not gonna not spend time with my daughter. Like, family is priority numero uno. Like, so obviously I don't play as much Magic as I used to. Does she already have an e-tron deck? Well, it's mine. She can use it when she gets you know, <laughs> But we're still on the stop chewing on the basic lands I give you phase, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't teethe with these dice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I'm spending time with her, and then at the same time, it's just, like, your whole, your whole life changes when you have kids. That's, I mean, nobody argues with that. <laughs> but, you know, your whole life changes, and it's just, you know, obviously less time to do my hobbies, spend more time with her, stuff mm -hmm. like that. But traveling is, is more difficult. Um Mm -hmm. Even going to F and M, it's like you know I don't I don't get to say good night to her when she's going to bed if I go to F and M, and that's 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 hard. It, mm -hmm. You know it really mm -hmm. is, and you know thinking about being gone for her whole weekend, it's it's a little rough. It's a sacrifice <laughs> to be made. Um, so it's just finding that balance. Yeah, and I can also imagine that you know some days you are just too too dead to go to FNM. Oh, well, yeah. Just... I mean, you know, it doesn't help that I'm up at five o'clock to go to work, and then yeah. FNM goes to like eleven, <laughs> so. Yeah, that usually has more to do with it. <laughs> um, just because I'm I'm more of a night owl by nature, mm -hmm. so I don't have an, I don't have a problem staying up late if I get to sleep in until the sun comes up. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm awake before the sun, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, and 
spend time with her if she's having a bad day or if she's mm-hmm. really grumpy because she didn't take her nap or something like that. It's just the last thing going through my mind on a Friday if she's in a bad mood is, am I going to F&M tonight? It's just like, <laughs> no, I'm just going to spend time with my daughter and try and make her happy and put her to bed and then I get to unwind. Uh, also at Magic Fest Detroit, I got put in charge of watching the finals for an MCQ. Uh, it was a core 20 uh, draft, I think, at that point, and the players were against each other in the finals. It actually ended up being first seed versus eighth seed. Ooh, so the person, yeah, they clawed <laughs> all the way up. Uh, they had to play on the draw all three games, which is rough. Wow. But they got to the finals, and so one of the players asked me, he says, Hey, Judge, uh, by chance, do they know the date that this uh, Mythic Championship's going to be? And so I look at the paper, and it says it's going to be, I believe it was November 8th through 10th or something. Y'all can yell at me later if those are wrong, but to the best <laughs> of my knowledge, that's what it was. And he looks at me, and he goes, oh, no. Guess what my daughters do? November 8th. Oh, November 9th. <laughs> Ooh. And so his opponent kind of smiles and giggles and says, you want to concede? <laughs> he goes, no, I, I don't think I can. And it turns out that this was going to be their first child together you know it's oh, not like boy. number five or six where it's like been through this been be there before. no it was gonna be his first child due during the pro tour or the mythic championship that yeah they may or may not have won won a chance to to play <laughs> yeah if, if that was me i would ask you the i this might sound a little scummy but i would ask you the date and then before saying that's what my daughter was doing, and offering split prizes. <laughs> like, yep. I, I get all the prizes, and then you get the invite, right? <laughs> but I would have 100% like conceded, because I, even if his daughter came early and he's able to go, or she wasn't going to be due yet, and he was able to go, I would not feel right taking that chance away from somebody else when there was a high percentage that I would not be able to use that invite. Mm. I... That might lead to some real fighting with with my girlfriend. Yeah. Like, are you sure I can't play? Like, what if you go to the hospital in that city? It's fine. Yeah, yeah. and that's a huge thing. It's like, <laughs> no, because it's like our, the whole point of this podcast, the whole point of us playing Magic is to go to a Mythic Championship. Mm-hmm. That, you know. That's the goal. Yeah, that's like max levels getting, well, not max level, you know what I mean? That's like the final tier is getting yeah. there. So, you know, obviously that'd be a very, very difficult thing to give up, mm-hmm. but taking, you know, the, you know, the yeah. correct mindset approach is just like, you got there once, you can do it again. Yeah, they had to be in that right headspace of, well, what's going to be more important for me as a person, not necessarily me as a Magic player. Like, <laughs> am I going to get better value seeing my child born or potentially going 0 and 8 at a magic event. <laughs> did, you yeah. just, did you just ask the question on what's the EV of a... Of... I did. I, I certainly did. Because, I mean, I, I could see someone's spouse being understanding and being like, okay, this was your goal in yeah, life. Yeah, this is something you worked was... for for years. Yeah, I, I could see a, a potential oh, where, yeah. where that person's like, no, I do want you to do this. Like, I understand, like... You, you know, you'll have plenty of time to see your, your child later. But that's a real awkward position to be put in. Right. <laughs> of I potentially mean, see my dreams of becoming a professional magic player. Or your dreams of your child being born. Or my dream of my child being born. Yeah. 
So yeah, sometimes you gotta look at the EV, Brian. <laughs> I mean, yeah, then you're, you know, that's two different personal dreams, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, singular personal goals and then family goals, and it's like, there's an argument to be made on both sides. Personally, I'm mm-hmm. just saying that I would, I would give up the invite and take some <laughs> cash monies. <laughs> As the person in this podcast who doesn't have a kid yet. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's right? decision. Yeah, but if it's like the fourth or fifth, and it's like, I ah, got this, it's just like riding a bike. <laughs> And, and and along with this, you know, we talked about, you know, potentially having things come up, being too tired for magic, potentially not feeling like you're wanting to go because, you know, you might have Tourette's or something like that. You know, plenty of folks have depression, anxiety, other sort of things that they are working with themselves that might put you not in the mood to play magic that night. You know, some days I don't go to FNM because I really just can't get off the couch. Like... That's 100% the reason is because I already got under the blanket and this is where I'm going to be for the rest of the day. Yeah. You know, I'm done interacting with people. I'm done interacting with the world. I don't want to drive and I'm done. You know, that's totally reasonable. It's totally valid. I'm going to FNM to have fun and to make myself a better magic player. And if I'm going to accomplish neither of those goals because the mind state I'm in, why am I going? To be honest, there's been times where I have had to force myself to get up and go to... Uh, that was when I was playing Pathfinder with uh, mm-hmm. a group of friends. Um, I'd have to, you know, get up and force myself to go to Pathfinder. I'm like, I don't really want to, but I know when I get there, I'll have a good time to hang out with them. But mm-hmm. and sometimes it's been difficult. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's, you know, everybody's personal experiences and how their mind works and, and what they're going through. Because, you know, there are times where just taking time to yourself like i'm very big on me time yep i need my me time or i am just a grumpy grouch and not fun to be around and you know my wife understands that and she's very compassionate about that so i get my me time and i'm a more pleasant person regularly because of it but on the other side there are times where i want to isolate myself because of my mindset but that's not going to help my mindset it's i need to go out and be around people and just just have fun and not think about things and you just have to know what you're going through, who you are, and recognize, you know, which, which side of the coin you need to be on. I think that shows up a lot of the times in the, the like, the magic surveys that they put out there. Mm. You know, why do you play magic? And one of those answers, I believe, is as an escape from, you know, your current reality or whatever. I mean, that's why, you know, video games and just TV shows and YouTube, that's why this stuff is so huge, because mm-hmm. you can just plug in and unplug basically yeah you know you you know the, the like the immersive you know the immersive fantasy games like skyrim and all that kind of stuff it's like you just immerse yourself in the world and just don't think about your life and sometimes that's good sometimes that's very detrimental and you need to like deal with your stuff mm-hmm. and that's i think that's one of the biggest problems with america especially dealing with mental illnesses nobody talks about it openly the mainstream doesn't acknowledge it openly. It's very chin up and push through it. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, you need help sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like, take that but, break. Do you and take care of what you need to take care of because you're not going to be any good exactly. if you're not taking care of yourself. Exactly. And the whole, like, the whole Gillette toxic <laughs> masculinity thing Ooh, that they were talking about. That was the Super Bowl. 
But, like, the whole thing is, it's like, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, if you have to go see a therapist, that's not manly. And it's like, no, I think the most responsible thing you can do as as a man, as a father, as a husband, as a boyfriend, as a single dude living in an apartment by yourself, I think the most manly thing you can do is step up and say, I need help. No, I, I mean, you're definitely right, is make sure to acknowledge that. And sometimes you might be lucky and you could have a really cool group of friends that's like, hey, we're here to help you. Come to FNM, I promise, it'll be a good time. Or you don't think you can go to FNM, you don't think you're ready to leave the house, that's fine, I have a booster box, I'll bring it. Yeah. And we'll have something at your place. Like, you know, maybe that option's available to you. Maybe it's like, hey guys, you know, I'm not really feeling FNM tonight, want to come over and play Battle Box. Done. Sweet. Cool. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes those are your options. Sometimes it's, hey, I'm just going to take a break this week, I'll see y'all later. Yeah. Also totally great. <laughs> Yeah. Side note, um, Queer Eye just uh, dropped season four on Netflix. Yeah, that's a real feel good show. <laughs> they do get and they do get into some of the mental health aspects too. Ooh. Some of these people that they've been working with, they'll have you know they'll be depressed or they'll have anxiety or whatever. And I mean, obviously, you can't cure that in a week, but they do talk through it and they do talk about it. So, we've been watching that. I was going to say, the, I, the new season drops on I assume on you find Friday. less obscure toxic masculinity in a show called Queer Eye for probably. a straight guy. Probably. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, no, that's sweet. Like, I know that people do really enjoy that show. I've never watched it personally, but that's just because I have way too much on my queue. Um, One of the guys was on uh, Good Mythical Morning. Karamo. Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Never heard of it. Oh. By the way, random plug GMM is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyways, yeah, make sure that you understand what works for you. Because, you know, sure, I can tell you what I do every week. Um, whenever I'm prepping to go to a big event, whether I'm playing, judging, whatever, I usually take some time for myself, usually just relax for a bit, and try to work on my tics and seeing if I can try to change it into something that could be less disruptive or less noticeable. You know, sometimes it's like a weird throat clearing noise. Sometimes I can sort of change that tick into like a laugh or like a little giggle, which is really easy to hide in conversation. And then people don't even know that I'm doing it and it doesn't come off as disruptive or weird. It's just part of, you know, my mannerisms. And that's something that works for me. Uh, is that going to work for you if you're really tired because you've spent all day taking care of your kid? Probably not. <laughs> not the same coping techniques. So make sure that you're aware of what your situation is. Make sure you're aware of how you are capable of handling that. And if, you know, you're not ready to handle it, you're not ready to head on out to the store for the night, what else is available to you? Well, you got Arena. You got Moto. Those two are you know, more or less available to you if you have them. Arena, obviously free to play. MTGO is $10 to start an account. Yep. Comes with two or three free uh, booster drafts um, to help you get some prize ticks or some points off of that. So, you know, not necessarily expensive options if you don't want them to be, but they're available to you. Um, and, and that's something, you know, if you're not really feeling like getting off the couch, you don't want to deal with real human beings, that's fine. Play at home. Play, you know, if you were going to spend $5 on FNM that night to pay to play, well, you know, maybe put that $5 into Arena, get yourself some gems or some boosters, 
put that $5 into MTGO Traders and pick up a couple cards for your modern deck that you want to play. Use that money as you see it. To interject there, you should remember that there is a real person <laughs> behind the computer yeah. across from yes. you. I was going to bring that up for some reason. Yeah, I, I have noticed that those like I do get more frustrated with Arena than I do playing tabletop. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's just because like I played video games for so long and like have compartmentalized it somehow or something like that. It's clearly um, an NPC. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, it's just pixels on my screen. There's nobody on the other end of yeah. that. But in all fairness, like Arena, I just hide emotes so I can't interact with them yeah. at all. So even if I am getting upset, they don't know it. <laughs> yep. it. No, exactly. Like Arena makes it really easy to forget there's someone over there. Oh yeah. Because you only have at most some emotes, or I guess you can what spam cat now um, and get banned. <laughs> get banned. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's really easy to forget that there's a person over there. But it's really. I mean, I hardly ever think about it, yeah. you know, unless they're spamming hello or GG. That's, that's, that's why I hide right. emotes, because if somebody starts a game and they're just like Mountain, Fanatical, Firebrand, GG, I'm just instantly like, I've dropped, wow. I've dropped like 30% on my like positivity meter yeah. easily, and it's just... See, I'm a, I'm a basic land, hello, past turn kind of guy on Arena. I would be a hello before I do anything kind of guy when I had emotes. And yeah, after like, you know, spamming GG or people spamming your turn when it's like, I have a decision to make here. Yeah. You know, because it's like, that's not something people are going to do in paper. Like when you're on, when you're deciding like on turn three. Well, it's your turn. Yeah, exactly. Well, nobody's going to do that. Well, your turn. And you know, so I just muted emotes and now I don't have to deal with that. Yep. I was always the, if they say hello, I'll say hello. Otherwise, don't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you know, with MTGO, obviously, there's a little bit more option to communicate. And I'm sure we've all seen the Reddit threads of, like, this toxic a-hole oh, wow, on MTGO. Yeah. And it's just like, these people are typing these things. And, you know, some of them might say it to your face in person. But you know the vast, vast majority of them would never, probably would never even use those words in public to another person. Mm -hmm. And, like, just the whole keyboard warrior anonymity of the internet thing is, like, reaching such... A critical level that just tell me why keyboard warrior sounds like a Yu-Gi-Oh card it probably is <laughs> <laughs> no I, I mean you're definitely right though is it's a lot easier to forget that you're playing against real people but that's also some of the appeal in it is that you know, you don't have to worry about like going out and actually interacting with people you don't have to shuffle your deck you don't have to cut oh, their deck not shuffling the deck <laughs> On Arena, if you, like, put four cards to the bottom and you're about to deck, you know what those four cards are. You can, it's even, great. You can look at them, yeah. So okay, like, you still get the paper. Um, <laughs> in paper, you get the moto bug where you scry something to the bottom and then you draw it. See, what's that nice, had to be on Friday. What's nice on Arena, though, is I can then click my yeah. library and look. I'm like, no, I did put it on bottom. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> that makes me feel really good. But... You know, you have that option that's available to you. And like I said, you know, I I personally haven't put a whole lot of money into MTGO. I mostly play on Arena when I'm playing at home. But if I want to play some more modern and, you know, I was going to spend $10 that night at FNM to get entry and maybe food and a drink or something. Well, since I was already planning on spending that, since I already budgeted that, maybe I can put those $10 into MTGO and I can start building a deck to play when I don't want to go out and interact with people. You know, maybe I put that towards 
something like Quest for Ula's Temple or Red Black Elementals, some absolutely garbage deck that actually turns out to be really fun that I can just spam when I'm when I'm feeling it. Like you got free to play lobbies in both platforms, so why not take advantage of it? Yep. And you know, if you're not feeling competitive, maybe you're on a little bit of a, a losing streak and you're just getting even worse from those experiences. Well, maybe we take a second, we stop playing. Like, what else could you be doing? I enjoy playing, you know, burn style decks, so maybe I go to YouTube and I watch some of my favorite content creators play burn. Or if you're big into Jund, you know, Reed Duke will post a lot of videos. Uh, you know, I've seen one where it was like Reed Duke plays a Magic Online Championship series with Jund, or, you know, Reed Duke plays Jund in a, a modern whatever. And you can watch these people, these professionals, play those decks, and you can get points from it. You can figure out, oh, well, you know, he played this spell because he was playing around a removal, and that's something that I could start doing. Or I noticed that he played, he led on this land so that if he didn't like whatever, if he didn't like what he revealed from Delver of Secrets, not that that's in Jund, he could shuffle or so many different options are available to you it's cool to be able to see those lines of play. Oh yeah, there's definitely like lines of play that so- somebody else has done before and I'm just like sitting there going, man, I didn't even realize you could do that or you should do that. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to take a break from like grinding yourself and watching other people because, yeah. I mean, if you had it all figured out already, you wouldn't need to grind so much. <laughs> <laughs> they so. make it look so easy, too. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the obvious play. Oh, the opponent's such a dummy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> to be completely honest, playing these core 20 drafts or sealed, I didn't even think about it that God's willing giving a creature protection from something. If you give it pro-white, that means that your opponent's pacifism falls off your creature. Wait, and what? Yeah. If it has there. protection from white then it can't be enchanted by white things, and oh, therefore man. the enchantment has an illegal target Today or a legal thing. Exactly. I didn't think about that until I had a player come up and ask me if that's how it works. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, it does. <laughs> See, in my mind, I was thinking like, well, when they go to cast the passivism, you do that in response, and yeah. then it wouldn't work, but like, it falls off. Oh, exactly. man. And, and that's something I wouldn't have even thought of playing. Like, it would have just never gone over in my head that, holy crap, this works. I can do it. The only reason I realized that was because someone else did it. I was like, oh my gosh, new ways to think about it. Yeah. It was so cool. And I wouldn't have gotten that experience if it wasn't, you know, in that case, like, watching other people play. Yeah, and especially, like, you know, we haven't been playing, like, a super long time, like some LSV or something. Mm -hmm. But I'd say after the first, I don't know, year of playing, like, you know, quote-unquote competitive magic, you know, you kind of get stuck in your ways of thinking a little bit Mm -hmm. where it's like, well, this is how this works. So, you know, it should be like this or whatever. Case in point, I've been playing the Bant Scapeshift deck, the Field of the Dead. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, I have have to scapeshift for for this because, you know, that's how you get all your zombies or whatever. And not until, like, I had just lands in hand and eight lands on the battlefield and I played a land and it was like, you get a zombie. I was like, wait, oh, when I play any land, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, it's like I played like three games of the deck before I realized that. And it's just like, dude, just read the card and you find out. And it's like, well, you know, I was just kind of like, you know, basically like throw it on arena, start playing it. Let's go. You know, because I thought I knew how the deck worked, but yeah, I learned something really quickly because I didn't because 
I didn't think about it because you know how you know how Valica works. It's step one, cast shit. Step two, make zombies. Step three, profit. Exactly. <laughs> that was yeah. the formula. Yeah, and it was just yeah, it was just something very simple that it was like once I once it popped up with that you know thing and I was and I looked at the card and I was like yeah I, wh- why did I miss that? <laughs> yeah, and and that's one of those things where if you'd been playing in paper. You probably would have just set it down and been like, yep, okay. Yeah, I just kind of like land fast, like kind of dejected because it's like, crap, I'm going to die, man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I just got lands in hand and I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. So you have those options available to you. Or as always, you can follow your your favorite content creators like us uh, and, and see what we're up to. You know, we're happy to stream things that you are interested in. If there's anything you want to see on... On Arena, I'm sure some of us would be able to have that deck built and put together for you. I know that Marcos and I just picked up everything we need to stream the Red Black Elementals list that will be coming out in the future, so look for it. I guarantee that that content is out there somewhere, and it's just waiting for you to to check it out. If you're in sucked into couch mode, you're probably more laying there with it on in the background and less actively, like, taking notes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest that, here. I mean, yeah, that's true, but I don't know. At the I same mean, time... You could get some, some kind of passive mm-hmm. information, I suppose, at that point. Yeah, even, even if it's not for the information aspect, I think sometimes it's nice to just... Like, if I'm really not feeling it and I'm like... You know, I haven't even opened Arena yet for the day and there's always mm-hmm. that kind of, like... Well, yeah, I should at least try and do my quest today. You know, I'd like mm-hmm. to play a couple games, you know, just to, like, make me feel like I was productive today in some mm-hmm. way. It's like even just, like, watching something, it, it can just make you feel better about yeah. it, you know? It can make you feel less worse and kind of <laughs> maybe just give you a little boost out of that negative mindset. And, and additionally, I know, like, I'll, I'll do that, definitely. I'll have certain videos playing in the background as, you know, maybe I play or I'm doing something else. But then I'll hear... Uh, recently I was watching uh, a Saffron Olive video and I just hear him go, <laughs> no! <laughs> and and so when I heard him start screaming like that, I was like, okay, something interesting is happening on the other side of the board. Yep. Uh, and that was the episode where he was playing against the first sliver and his opponent oh, no. just goes off with it. <laughs> like, that's what I saw because, you know, even though I was passively paying attention, if you would even call it paying attention... As soon as I heard that big peak in volume, I knew that it was time to, like, at least focus in for, for a minute or two. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, you may not be taking notes completely, but it's something to do. And on that, you know, on that whole topic of, like, the watching the videos kind of more or less in the background, I think if you're in that negative, you know, maybe not, maybe not even completely negative, but just kind of like that mindset yeah you know that's that's a scientific term <laughs> object at rest stays at rest <laughs> yeah if you're in that mindset but you still want to absorb some sort of magic content i think you should watch somebody that that like has some comedy to what they do that makes you laugh because you know they say like laughter is the best medicine but that's like 100 percent true um laughing like the whole object of laughing like why your brain does it like what happens in your brain it actually lowers cortisol levels which is like what the hormone the stress hormone that is like is just super rough on your body yeah they're discovering that like extended periods of high cortisol levels from high stress is like huge contributors to like lowered immune system like 
you know, cancer, mm-hmm. like pre-diabetes, stuff like that. But yeah, just like, you know, taking that time and laughing, it helps lower your, your cortisol levels, helps kind of reset you, mm-hmm. it boosts your immune system, and <laughs> it'll help push out that negative mindset. And, you know, I think if you're not trying to be like, all right, well, I need to improve as much as I can, you're not studying actively, mm-hmm. focusing intently on it, you should do something that's going to make you laugh, because <laughs> at the very worst, it's like, you know, if you're in a bad mood, somebody makes you laugh, and it, like, you just, it just turns your day around. Yeah. And to be fair, you know, maybe you're you're on the couch, but that's because you just don't want to get up. It's not because you don't have a whole lot of energy or you're ready to do something. Like, you know, maybe check out Goldfish, see what the big decks in the field are. Maybe now's the perfect time to make your sideboard guide. Yeah. You know, you're, you're ready to go to the Open next weekend, but you're not really feeling like playing right now. That's a great time to do it. You know, prep yourself for the future. Maybe watch those videos on YouTube, see what other people have in the sideboards, what other people bring in during certain matchups. Get your points in that way, even if you're not going out to F&M. And, you know, maybe that could also be the place you live doesn't really have a local store. Uh, there's a guy who's come to our location a few times that I talked to. His closest store is 45 minutes away. So I can definitely understand not wanting to do that drive every Friday oh, yeah. just mm-hmm. to play. So I, I definitely don't blame them for that. I'm you know, pretty amazed that they do. I, I certainly... The amount of times I played FNM would drop exponentially if I had to drive <laughs> 45 minutes every time. Um, so like, you know, t- take advantage of, of the options that you have available to you because it's not always just play. Though, you know, that's probably your goal. That's probably why you're listening to a content source like this. It's probably why you, you clicked into this episode... But just be aware of all the different things that you can do and you can put together to help mitigate any of the the potential downsides or the potential side effects of, of what life is bringing you at the moment. Is if I, so for example, I, I try to allot a certain amount of time every week to magic, whether that's playing at FNM, recording an episode like this, or writing an article or something. And that time that I budget, I'll share with my girlfriend so she knows that She'll have free time, whether she needs to study for something or do anything around the house, have some personal her time. So if I have that time budgeted already, but I'm really not feeling like going to FNM, great. I still have four hours in my life that I can dedicate to doing something magic related, which is sweet. Or if you're really not feeling it, you can just <laughs> veg out on the couch and recharge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... Just having that, you know, you're like, I have four hours. It's like, if I'm feeling it and I really want to go to FNM, cool, I can go to FNM. Or if you're like, well, I'm just really not feeling it, had a bad week, something like that. You're like, I have four hours of me time where I can just recharge my batteries or do whatever, just go for a drive around town, whatever you want to do, you know? And I think um, another another thing that, that I really like is, you know, all f- the five of us, now, you know, Patrick, even though he's kind of not on the podcast anymore, um, <laughs> the five of us have a group text, and we mostly talk magic in there, and, you know, when you're not feeling playing magic, or you don't want to test the deck, or you don't really feel like watching content, or something, you know, when you're just not really feeling doing anything, you know, you can just talk to your friends. Like, yeah, maybe you talk about magic, maybe you don't, but... We've had, you know, we've had multiple times where somebody like, oh, you know, what about this card? Or have you guys seen this card? Or have you seen this deck? And then it sparks a whole conversation that goes on for like, you know, 20 minutes with five people talking. And we learn things in that time. And we Mm -hmm. like think of new things in that time. And it was just super random to start with. Yep. So it's like, 
There's also magic adjacent things like I enjoy doing foil peel altars. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not at all related to strategy or anything, and they're <laughs> not legal. They're probably not going to be approved by any judge anywhere. <laughs> probably. But not. they look really sweet in commander decks that I just play casually, or just as you know, something to show mm-hmm. off to people like, "Hey, check this thing out that I did. It. I think it looks cool. You know, maybe get some internet points over on Reddit." Yeah, it's a you know, it's a sweet creative outlet that yeah. you know a lot of people. You know, as Brian has mentioned to me before, and that I reciprocate the feeling that, like, we can think of things in our head to draw, it just gets lost in the arms somewhere and doesn't make it to the paper as well as it should. So it's just, you know, if you have a creative outlet, and it's not just painting altars or drawing fan art or something like that, you know, like, foil peel is a good thing to do. That's It can almost be meditative in a way, because you're just kind of doing your thing. Yeah, I, I've done a few altars myself. Um, I have a playset of Zendikar lands that are painted to look like Cyndaquil, uh, Kulava Typhlosion, and Typhlosion EX, um, or Mega Typhlosion, rather, uh, that I did on my own, because I had a lot of fun. I have a Murder that's a altered, like, Arthur's Fist meme. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just something fun to do, and, you know, it was a nice creative outlet. It was something I got to test and figure out whether I enjoyed or not. And I've had a lot of fun doing it. Is it magic related? Yeah, kind of. Is it competing and trying to make myself a better player? Not really. Did I have a lot of fun doing it and did I learn a few new things? Definitely. Yeah, and when you see those cards or, you know, somebody brings them altars and you think about those cards, it's always in a positive light, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's made your life overall positive EV. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the amount of laughter I get when people flip through my trade binder and see an Arthur fist. Yeah, yeah. I was great. one of those people that laughed hysterically at it. I was yeah. just like, this is fantastic. <laughs> the fact that it's on a murder is just the best. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then it potentially leads to, you know, just casual conversation <laughs> with people. It's a great conversation starter. Like, you know, hey, uh, do you like, uh, I think my most recent foil peel was Primeval Bounty. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, did did you like that card? What back when it was in standard, or do you play it in commander? Hey, check out this foil peel I did. You're like, oh hey yeah, that's really cool. I like <laughs> using it in, you know, my mono green deck in Zendikar. Zendikar Magic fourteen. I don't remember uh, that. Fourteen. That was before I played. So back in the Magic know. fourteen standard. Yeah. Oh yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah. And for those of you who are curious, that primeval bounty is a. Uh, can be found as one of our highlights on Instagram, which you should be following us at, but we'll get to that in a bit. Shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and now we're going to, I guess, move on to our weekly segment of the week. Trademark. With our host, Brian. Oh, today I learned I was the host. I guess this is kind of my my house, isn't it? Um, So as some of you may know, I had been playing... A blue and red Delver deck for a while. I finally went 4-0 with it, and I decided, you know what, it's time to change up my deck. <laughs> I finally did the 4-0 F&M dream. I think I can finally move on. So I got a hold of some Arclight Phoenixes, changed up my spell suite a little bit, and so I'm playing pretty much close to the tier 1 75 card list of the blue-red Arclight Phoenix deck in Modern. So I go to round three. I've got unknown opponents sitting across from me, and I'm on the play. I keep my seven. It's a pretty good hand. I've got a Faithless Looting. i got one Arc Light Phoenix in hand. That's pretty good, right? 
Play my land, fetch, Faithless Looting. I draw into something else and another Phoenix, and I go to discard two Phoenixes. On my end step, opponent goes Surgical Extraction on those two Phoenixes that I just binned. And this is game one? This was game one. Oh. Is, he the, hadn't even played a land. He hadn't drawn for turn yet. That was turn oh. zero. No. Turn zero, big oof. <laughs> that was not the only surgical he played on me uh, that game, oh, but it was man. the worst. Was your opponent also on? My opponent was also Phoenix? on Phoenix, actually. Okay. Man. Press F for big oof. Yeah, right. <laughs> oof with a capital F. <laughs> he, he went on to uh, win that game, needless to say. Uh, that was that was my biggest blowout of Friday Night Magic. I ended up going one in three because oh, I no. can't I can't sequence. Oh, I need to learn my sequencing better, which is something I think we'll talk about in a future podcast. Hmm, I think we could arrange for that to happen soon. That'd be nice. I apparently need it. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. So, I think that about wraps it up. Obviously, in order to make yourself the best magic player that you can, please take care of yourself. No one knows you better than you know yourself, and you are the one that knows what you need to do to be the best you. I beg to differ on that, because I think my (laughs) wife probably knows me better than I do. (laughs) Well, well, then consult your significant other. (laughs) Yeah, and and don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, it's, it's not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength. Yep. So with that, I want to invite you to follow us on Facebook at MTG Team CE. Our Team Collective Effort page is where we'll post a lot of the articles that we write. So you could find my Quest Rulers Temple list, my Red Black Elementals list, and coming soon, my Dinosaur Reanimator list. Sounds um, sweet. As well as any of our new episodes that we drop and where we'll post if we're streaming. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at MTGTeamCE, as in collective effort, for some of the same information. Uh, whichever one is easiest for you to go find is the one that we invite you to work with. Um, additionally, we have our giveaway running. So in order to help us get to 50 followers on Twitch, we are going to offer a giveaway. And once we hit that 50 number, we're going to select one follower at random, and you will receive 12 Chaos Packs selected by Team Collective Effort. So if you're looking to do a Chaos Draft with some friends, if you're looking to just open some random packs, if you are looking to have a good time, go ahead and follow us on Twitch at MTGTeamCE and be entered to win one of those. If you're looking to do a Chaos Draft, we'll give you half of the pool that you will need for those. And I promise these won't just be, you know, 12 packs of Ixalan, 12 packs of Gate Crash, (laughs) nothing like that. We're not that rude, though I guarantee that you are getting a Dragon Maze from me. Um, (laughs) That one is happening, but don't worry. It's because I love the set, not because I'm broke. (laughs) Um, And then additionally, feel free to email us at teamcollectiveeffort at gmail.com. We would be happy to hear any feedback you have. If you would like to see us stream something, if you want to hear our thoughts or our hot takes on any of the lists that you're brewing up, definitely send that our way because we would love to take a look. 
Anything else, my friends? I mean, also with the whole email <laughs> thing, if somebody's like, you know, a well-known magic person and they want to join us on the podcast, feel free to email us. We will gladly Ooh. have you on. Ooh, yeah, yeah, we'll do we'll do interviews. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can interview people. You just talk at them, right? Talk yeah. at them with question marks. Just talk at them with question marks. <laughs> <laughs> talk at them with an upward inflection? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, with an upward inflection? That is technically so? correct. Oh... <laughs> Cool? <laughs> awesome. So, thank you for joining us this week. With that, this has been Team Collective Effort in the Day 3 Podcast. We will see you next time. Bye! Bye. introduce ourselves as saying who is here no marcus is introducing us okay that's fine (laughs) (laughs) so we all just need to give hellos hello hello hi and fuck you marcos (laughs) (laughs) and we'll just let marcos piece it all together yeah and anything that marcos needs to fill in you can fill in and joining us today from sunny new york i don't know if it's sunny it is marcos He's in Philadelphia. <laughs> Joining us today on his drive home from SCG Philly is Marcos. There we go. Now, I heard it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Actually, if we had, as part of the mastery system, I think if we had, like, uh, specific colored um, emotes. Uh, emotes that are maybe in the flavor of the color. Oh, uh, yeah. that you're leveling up your mastery. Uh, Eternal does that. So, so like if you're playing mono red and you just like you're just like uh, you know turn turn four like Vishino Pyromancer skewer skewer. You can say burn baby burn. <laughs> yeah, sick burn. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that would add a lot of a lot of the colorful flavor to the game. Welcome to the disco inferno. <laughs> right. Give me red. Sound quality is really good, too. I was talking to my friend about, or, no, I was talking to my brother about being on a podcast, and he was like, wait, you're on a podcast? I was like, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. He's like, is it about magic? Duh. Like, yeah. He goes, oh, well, I don't care if I know nothing about it. I'm gonna listen to that shit, because my brother's in it, and that's cool as hell. <laughs> that's awesome. So, Tyler, what up? <laughs> Marcos, back off. <laughs>